0: Fundamental Talk, Mortgage, Housing Policy, the Economy, etc. I'm Garrett Hartzog, and this is Fundamental Talk. If you've seen the first episode, you know whether you're in the right place, but I'm going to tell you, if you are interested in mortgages, in housing policy, um, the economy, this is the place for you. It doesn't matter if you're a realtor, a loan officer, uh, you work at a think tank or an advocacy group, or maybe you're even in government. Um, We're going to discuss the topics that impact your world and hopefully do so in an intelligent and engaging manner. So, yesterday, I released my first episode. And I'm filming the second episode today, the day after this is not going to be the normal pace of updates. Unless, of course, that's what the audience wants. Um, but really and truly, the topic for today is one that is, you know, something that's that's occurred fairly recently. And so I wanted to get my thoughts down um, in a timely manner so that I didn't forget anything, uh, but also so that people could hear this while the topic was still still relevant, right? And so without further ado, uh, let's dive in. And today's topic is the FHFA tech sprint. Okay, so first a little bit of housekeeping, right? It's officially called Velocity, a tech sprint from the Federal Housing Finance Agency. And this is just the first one. There are going to be other ones. Um, But this is the one I went to. And to make life easier, I'm just going to call it the FHFA tech sprint. All right, so, I mean, a tech sprint is basically like, if you've gone to business school, you would have done group projects. And really, you know, in many classes, you know, whether you're undergrad, grad, you would have done group projects, but it really did remind me of some of the projects that that I did in business school, um, where you have to come up with an idea, you work on your presentation, and you pitch it right so it's kind of the same thing the difference is is that this is done rather quickly you have a very short period of time and so you get together and you're working over the course of a few days and it follows this model group dynamics of storming and norming and all this other stuff um but basically you are focused on doing this project right which begs the question, how is it that I ended up flying from Wisconsin to DC to do such a project? So I had no idea what a tech sprint was before applying to uh, applying to it. Uh, what I did know is that one day I received an email from the FHFA, because I subscribed to their updates, And it talked about they were doing this tech sprint. And I'm like, all right, well, what is this? And I looked and I saw it's a competition. And at that point, they had my attention because if there's one thing I love, it's a competition. Um, And in fact, you know, when I introduced myself to the group and there were some people who said, oh, we don't care if we win or not. I said, I am the most competitive person in the group. And if anybody doesn't believe me, I challenge them to a game of Monopoly. That's kind of the level of competitiveness I'm at. So yeah, I see competition. I'm like, ooh, I like that. Then I was like, well, wait a moment. I'm not a developer, so I think this isn't for me. And then I keep reading, and I, they say that they're looking for people who are also storytellers and idea generators and all of this. And I'm like, well, I can do that stuff. Um, that's the kind. That's kind of my. That's my jam, right? And so I'm like, all right, we're going to apply and I apply and I get in. And it's this point I start to wonder, wait a moment, are they going to cover my expenses? Because you see, uh, you know, if you've watched the first video, you know, I got downsized last year um, and, you know, we got the consulting business going. Uh, you know, I am the primary breadwinner. Uh, but I would describe it as a, a baker that's waiting for the dough to rise, okay? So, of course, they end up telling me that that no, expenses aren't, aren't covered at all. So I am forced with the decision of, like, is it worth spending the money to go? And, you know, normally this is something you would reveal at the end, but I'm going to tell you now. It is worth going even if you have to you, even if you have to uh, do it on your own dime, right? I mean, there was a lot of people that their company sent them. and you know, that was fantastic. I, I am I approve of any company that wants to contribute uh, money and people's time towards tackling housing issues. Love it. Um, but you know, for the people that are coming out of pocket, it is worth it with an asterisk. Okay, so now let's let's get into kind of what happened, right? The first bit of the experience, right, is that we're put into groups and we have an initial group meeting. And what we'd been prepared for was there were these five problem statements and you'll pick a problem statement and then you'll develop something. Um, and then our team leader tells us that, Basically, uh, you can pick any and all or some or none of the problem statements and that really what you're evaluated on is this final presentation, which means in theory your deliverable can be just a PowerPoint. This turns out to be a good thing because... There were no developers in our group, and so you know you have a bunch of people who are all you know intelligent and skilled and bring stuff to the table. Um, but what we lacked is somebody who could actually make something, you know, build something. Right? Um, did that help us or hurt us? I I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that, you know, we had our initial meeting and then, you know, it was going off to DC. Um, in between then I came up with an idea and we ended up going with that. Um, you know, and people kind of, you know, kind of took it and they, they, they molded it in different ways and put different stuff in there. And I think that the result was, was, was a fairly, uh, interesting concept. And in fact, what we're going to do is I'll I'll just throw up a couple of slides that are worth uh, that are worth going through, including the title animation. In fact, I'm going to do the anim. We're going to start with the animation of uh, of our group's name and uh, you know the actual product we did. We're going to do that first. Okay, so here it goes. So obviously, if you're listening to the audio only stream. You can't see any of the slides that I'm about to talk about. So if you're interested in the slides, uh, do me a favor. Email me at talk at faac-llc.com. And I'm happy to give you uh, a copy of the slides or you can reach out via LinkedIn as well. So with that, let's get back to the uh, festivities. Okay, so I I have to pause here also and just mention, that's like the first jingle I've written. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, My initial draft sounded a little bit too much like uh, something from an Apple commercial. But, uh, you know, we worked past that and we got to something that was uh, legally uh, distinct and different. So, uh, yeah, all right, let's get back to it. What is Home Renew? Basically, Home Renew is is like a portal of sorts, right? Um, and what it does is it makes it easier for potential homeowners to find properties that are in need of renovation. Um, and then, like, you know, they'd use, like, AI and all this stuff to be like, hey, this house needs this, that, and that. Um, and then you'd be able to, like, kind of see, like, oh, all right, well, so I need a new roof. I'm going to add that to card. Oh, I the bathroom's like hideous. I'm gonna add that to cart. And so you'd get like this running total that would then tell you estimated cost and um, you know what the post renovation value is. and then it would connect you to lenders and to contractors. and it, you know, it, it, was a neat, it was a neat idea. It would probably have been impossible to fully implement this um, in one sitting. And in fact, it was almost impossible to even do the do some of the parts of the presentation because most of the people in the group were not folks that were interface designers. Thankfully, we had somebody who was an interface designer who was willing to kind of pick, you know, pick things up, run with it. Um, Michelle did a fantastic job designing the slides um, you know, that related to the interface, so, like, I did, you know, I kind of did the animation stuff, and, um, and all of that, but the, the heart of it, right, these, these pictures of the interface, that was another member of the group, and thank goodness we had her, because without it, um, I, I'm not really sure what the, <laughs> what the balance of interface design was in the, uh, in the group. But what she put together really, in my opinion, looked fantastic. It, it looked like something real. Um, and so, you know, at that point, you start to believe you can win. Well, you know, like I mentioned, we didn't win. Um, there were 10 projects in total there were four awards given one team won two of them you know the second one they won was the um like the viewer's choice right so you had the viewer's choice and you had like three other uh three other awards and the awards were voted on by judges um so a lot of projects um and i guess the thing to think about with all these projects is you know, what are they doing? Well, most of them were around this notion of like a like a wallet of sorts, right? You know, you are applying for a mortgage, you are putting all this data in. Shouldn't you keep that data, so to speak, and then be able to share it around so you can compete or you can get competitive offers for for your mortgage, right? Um, that was that was you know probably the bulk of the ideas were some variation of that. Um, one of the other winning ones, um, and it was from somebody who's a, who's a client of mine, um, you know, her group, what they did is they did something called like the to yes machine. And the idea was it would, it would facilitate borrowers who were getting rejected and, you know, make it so that they can get a loan, right? So using... Using technology to really figure out why people are getting rejected for their mortgage and what can you do about it, right? Um, so, you know, theirs is is driven a lot by their their data platform, <laughs> um, you know, Polygon Research. And so, you know, as soon as their slides went up, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, this is a this this is this is a. This is a good idea. This, this, they have a good chance of winning something, um, and they did. So you know that that worked out. Uh, worked out as expected. But you know, I think the big important thing here is you know let's get back to that asterisk, right? As to why I can't just say the unqualified. You should attend even if it's on your own dime. So there's two parts to the asterisk. The first is you are essentially giving away intellectual property, right? You, you know, part of the rules, like I guess you're granting, you know, the FHFA the right to use it and all that. I mean, look, at the end of the day, would that stand up under contract law? Probably not. I mean, there's not consideration being given, right? I mean, so... I mean, at, at worst, what it means is that you potentially have somebody else using your intellectual property, and you you don't really have much in the way of recourse, right? I mean, that's... But that, hap- that can happen anywhere, right? You If you talk to somebody and you mention your idea, then they could use it. That's just how it goes. Uh, I would say the other part of the asterisk, the bigger part, is the fact that for the folks who are local, um, you know, when you get to the end of the day, they want to get home, and I don't blame them. The traffic in D.C. is an absolute and utter nightmare. Um, even riding mass transit is, it just takes way too long to get anywhere. So I get it, you know, you, you live in the D.C. area, you want to go home, do so. Um, but the problem is there is no networking built into the event. So what that means is that you are interacting with your group members, which is which is great. Um, when you start to try to interact with people in other groups, some of the folks got a little bit funny about that, right? You know, it's the whole competition thing, right? Uh, and so, I mean, that kind of detracts a bit from, from, from the value uh, because you you aren't mixing and mingling with everybody uh, to the extent that you might at other types of events, um, so there there is you know people doing stuff after hours after the after the events over in the evening people going to dinner people going to cocktail parties or um, you know just going down to the wharf and having some drinks. And those of us who are staying in hotels, you end up doing it. Um, did my sleep pattern suffer? Absolutely, uh, but it was fun. I got to meet some great people. It would have been better to meet and interact with more people, uh, but a big chunk of them went home for the day. And again, kind of, kind of, don't blame them. So I would say if you were in the D.C. area and you were planning to do this, I would say get a hotel and just treat it like you were on a work trip somewhere else. That's that's really how you're going to extract the most value out of out of this sort of an event, Um, because it is a gathering place of a lot of very smart people who are doing Cool and interesting things. Who might have some advice, um, or you know, there might be a way f- for you to do collaborative work with them outside of the the text print, right? So that that's the other that's the other big side of the side of the asterisks. Um, and but now that we talked about that, I mean, so what are the implications of this, right? I think we need to discuss that a bit. So I think there are basically three takeaways from, from the event. The first is that this popularity of this borrower wallet thing, right? I mean, it makes so much sense. The, the idea that you can fill everything out and then point it at whatever lender or lenders you want to. Um, That's a smart idea. It's kind of how it should work. That being said, I don't see many lenders liking the idea, right? Because it encourages competition. And with competition, in theory, prices should be going down. Cost should be going down. fees should be going down. And profitability goes down. Because ultimately, you get something that is a commoditized experience, right? And a commoditized experience, like, you know, the the profitability goes lower and lower and lower and lower and lower, right? So you get this, you get some tech ideas that make total sense, but the industry probably would never support them unless a couple people got on board because they thought that they could get a competitive advantage and suddenly the ball starts rolling and you get critical masks, right? So yeah, I think some of these ideas, they make sense. Um They could never happen uh, just from industry adoption. The other thing is a lot of these ideas are really things that impact the primary market, right? People weren't coming up with secondary market solutions. And so one of the issues there is, you know, is the FHFA going to do stuff? Is is or Fannie and Freddie going to do things, right? When you're talking about primary market activities, that again kind of hits a tripwire with folks, right? And so, you know, again, you have these ideas and they could theoretically act on them. But again, if they did, the pushback would be absolutely enormous, right? So then it gets to the, gets to the third category. Third you know, kind of idea, and that takeaway, and you know, that is really, I think, the competition aspect hurt things. And I say this is a very competitive person. Um, although we did lose, so it's easy to say like, ah, it shouldn't be a competition because you know we didn't walk away with. Well, even the winners didn't walk away with trophies. They didn't even have trophies, so uh, no, there was no hardware on site. Uh, but I think the competition aspect of it. Hurt things because ultimately um, there wasn't cross-pollinization of ideas between the groups. And that would have made for everybody having a better project. So, like, you know, we all win kind of thing, right? Um, It hurts to say that sort of stuff, but it, it is what it is, right? It would have been better to have, like, each team send out ambassadors to other teams and, like, help them work through the ideas and maybe even improve the quality of some of the presentations, Right, because the best idea in the world doesn't matter if you can't convince people. And you it's often really hard to convince people if you don't have a good pitch, right? So, you know, I think at the end of the day, if they had treated it as a collaborative event where everybody presents stuff and, you know, nobody wins. But, I mean, who can yeah. Unless you're extremely competitive, the whole winning aspect is kind of, who cares a bit, because you're not getting money, you're not getting, you get nothing for winning. Like, winning nets you nothing. So, you know, it's strange when you think about, like, how secretive some people wanted to be um, over, what, bragging rights on the internet? I mean... So, so, so yeah, you know, congratulations. It's broken me. It's gotten the most competitive person I know um, to say that some stuff maybe shouldn't be a competition. And, you know, kind of going back to that notion some people have of like, oh, I don't care if I win. I just want to help things. It's like, well, you know what? That's probably the winningest idea of them all. And on that note... Let's wrap it up and call it a day. So thank you for listening um, and watching and uh, hope, to, uh, hope to see you uh, for the next episode. Thanks and have a great day. Fundamental Talk, a production of Fundamental Advisory and Consulting, LLC.